Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacker Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void or prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Hop into the huddle with Jason Flip and Miles. We're talking all the news with the quarterback transactions. We got contract extensions for Aaron Rodgers. We got a big trade for Russell Wilson. And we got a brand new sponsorship with Lake Monster Brewing. So grab your beers and come on into the huddle. Huddle around as Climbing the Pocket Network presents Jason and the Boys talking everything. Minnesota Vikings. All right. It's that time in the huddle. Dave, Miles, and assumed to be Jason Brown, the host. You know, he's not here yet. So I'm the substitute host right now. I'm going to try to hold it down like Sean Mannion. But the only way to do that is... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> let's break the huddle with the first play Miles. I mean the people want to know after that yeah. Russell Wilson trade what are your thoughts and can we get half of that for Kirk Cousins well let's look at yeah, what Russell think, got here I'll yeah. stick this over in this spot <laughs> for Russell Wilson in Jason's spot well so I so one thing, I'll start with the Seahawks side on this because I want to get into it a little bit more, dive a little bit deeper into the whole details. But the, I think the Seahawks made the right decision here and their, for their long-term future. I think they, them and Russ came to a decision that moving forward, Russ wanted to move on. And, I, and I'm assuming the Seahawks were willing at that point to say, okay, let's, let's find common ground here. And I think that's what's best for the Seahawks. They're not, they knew they weren't going to be able to contend this year. They're, they're in a, a weird cap situation, um, but I also think bringing Pete Carroll back sounds like that might have brought a little bit of, um, you know, they might their relationship might have been a little frayed a little bit, you know, over the last couple of years. And I think just starting over is what's best for both sides. So I think um, them getting the return that they got for Russ was best case scenario for them because they're, like I said, they're not in a position to win this year, but they're, they're definitely need to re, rebuild that roster. Um, and the best way to do that is moving on from Russ and starting now rather than trying to delay, delay the inevitable, let his value decrease over the years and those things. And, and so this was the maximum value they were going to get from Russ. And so um, I think the timing is good for them. Um, so I like that from that instance from the Seahawks side. The Broncos, they have a really talented roster, really difficult division. So I think it always made sense for them under George Payton to, to make a big swing like this. Um, I think the one thing I will say, though, from a George Payton standpoint, George Payton kind of, he feels to me, similar to Rick, felt a little scared to, to dive in and take the shot in the, in the draft. He kind of, it kind of felt like that since he, started, since he took over in Denver. It's not a negative, but it definitely felt like, obviously, he had a chance to take Justin Fields or Mac Jones last year, didn't do it, um, made the decision to, to swing big on Russell Wilson now. Kind of just felt like, he would rather just go after the. I think obviously Russell Wilson's a high end, you know, borderline, probably still elite level quarterback. Obviously, but I think getting that established veteran was more of a security blanket for Peyton than and paying what he did for him than taking a risk in the in the draft. So I'm a little curious on that, um, but uh, I think a good move for both sides and the the NFL and quarterback yeah. market as we get into as we head into the new it's league year going up. But, you know, what's so amazing about this trade is sometimes I just don't even understand how these negotiations happen. I mean, right. at what point At what point does Seattle say, no, you got to throw in Noah Fan, or we're not accepting 
<laughs> you're off. I mean, this is two first round picks, two second round picks, a fifth round yeah. pick, three players: Drew Locke, Shelby Harris, Noah Fan. And so I think it's pretty clear to me that maybe Seattle wasn't actively looking to trade Russell Wilson until they got these insane trade offers for him. And if the Vikings are getting any type of this talk on the phone lines, I just, I don't see how Kwesi and Kevin O'Connell hold back. So, but my second question is, go ahead, Dave. Did you see that Washington offered Seattle more, but Seattle turned it down because they didn't want Wilson in the same conference? I also think yeah, we so, got to understand that Russ had a Russ, Russ had a no trade clause. So what we also don't know is was Russell actually willing to go to Washington, to Washington too? Like that, mm-hmm. like he has to sign off on any trade too. So they had to the Russell camp and the Seahawks had to be in, in lockstep in a scenario here, not just the Seahawks shopping Russ and deciding what pick what offers they were going to take. They had to work with each other on that one. Okay, okay. Well, I got some more questions because I think it'll frame how we think about Kirk Cousins right now because that's, look, that's what we're talking about. Looking at what Russell Wilson got, I mean, Miles, how much less would you have done that trade? Like, if they had only offered two players or if they had offered a second round, like, only one second round pick instead of two second round picks. I mean... Basically, I'm asking you, who do you think won that trade? Instant reaction. Uh, so I kind of I, I treat this like fantasy football, like in dynasty. I play, you know, play dynasty. I treat this like I don't like the idea of looking at it from winners and losers in the in the simple fact that like who won the trade. I think they both won the trade. I think they both got what they both needed. I think the Broncos are in a really, uh, really, uh, they're they're very talented roster. And in a situation where they needed to add, or, or I should say wanted to add, a high-end quarterback. Aaron Rodgers wasn't going to happen. I think once the second they found out Rodgers was come, going back to Green Bay, they shifted the conversation to Russ. And they made that decision that a high-end quarterback was what they needed to do to excel, accelerate their, their roster and their team to the next level. The Seahawks, on the other hand, don't have an opportunity to really improve over Russ in the short term. So instead of trying to swing a trade that might bring back another high-end quarterback expense, whatever it is, um, the Seahawks needed to make moves for the future. And so I think how it all bundled together is I think I think they both won in, in a lot of cases. Now we don't know what the Seahawks are going to use the the capital to like w- to like rebuild the roster. We don't know what they'll do. Obviously, the next quarterback they decide to to bring in will be the the biggest point, like the biggest decision they make, but. Um, but for me, I do think both sides won in, in the short term. I think right now both sides won that trade. I think it's a lot for the Broncos, but the Broncos also smartly gathered up a lot of resources so that they could make a move like this and not cripple their, whether there is their roster, their cap or their, um, uh, overall draft capital, because you look at, they still have a second round pick. I, I think I saw like a, they have like four or five picks still in the top 115. I think it's something like that. That's still really good. Um, to be able to come away with a trade of Russ and still have that kind of capital and cap space, um, so I to be for me, I think I think both sides kind of won in this in this case. Interesting. Yeah. Take. Okay. Well, interesting take. You know, I'm going to go with the comments. I'm going to say to me, it's clear Seattle won that trade. I think yeah, they took out sure. a lot more uncertainty, but I mean, number one. I don't see Denver. I, I, they're just in a tough position because you've got Kansas City, you've got the Chargers, you've got Oakland just in your own division. And I don't know that Russell Wilson puts you over the top. I mean, it certainly wasn't enough to put the Seattle Seahawks over the top in the division with Matt Stafford and the Rams and Jimmy Garoppolo and the 49ers. Maybe those aren't the best comparisons, but he's an older quarterback. And number two, is Russell Wilson in his prop? Like, what does Russell Wilson in his twilight years even look like right now? It feels like they are playing, they are trading 
for a player that we haven't seen in three years. So I like the Seattle side of the trade more, honestly. That's fair. I, I will argue that, I mean, Russ and Kirk Cousins are the exact same age. I know the, I know the injury history is a little different, but, but Russell Wilson, two things. Russell Wilson has a more, a more team-friendly contract to take on. It'll, I think it's like $24 million this year for Denver and like twenty seven mm-hmm. next year. Obviously, I would assume an extension at sure. some point is going to happen. But, but still, they get to control that. They get to control that. Sure. Um, and then second, Russell's played at a higher overall level throughout his career than Kirk. And I'm not trying to make this a Kirk versus Russ situation, but if we want, people want to talk about comparisons for like a, a potential trade for Kirk, you're not getting a Russell Wilson return like that. Because if that was the case, Kirk would already be traded. I think Kirk would already be gone if if the demand was that high. I'm not saying they won't start getting, you know, some pretty solid offers from other teams now that we know where, you know, obviously Russell Wilson's going to play and, and Aaron Rodgers. I think the dominoes have, have, have started. So we should hopefully start seeing some more traction on other potential moves. Um, and obviously quarterback's always a hot topic. So we don't know what that's going to look like, but we should assume that some of those calls are, are happening now. I will say that we shouldn't, we should temper our expectations on what a return would look like mainly because Kirk's contract is just one year. He's on a one-year deal, and if the Vikings – like, it, it all comes down to whether a team would be willing to then extend Kirk on his terms. And what we don't know is, as of right now, the Vikings don't, do, don't seem to be willing to extend Kirk on his terms. Otherwise, if they were, a deal would likely be done. I'm not saying a deal won't get done still with, like, an extension with Kirk, but I, I feel like that would be a domino we'd start to hear pretty quickly here if that was the case. Yeah, but do you think you think the Vikings are going to do a deal with him? He's asking, you know, well over forty million a year. That's what I'm, but, but that's what I'm saying. I, I'm saying if the Vikings don't, if the Vikings the Vikings decide that they don't want to play ball with giving Kirk a deal on Kirk's terms, which what we know is Kirk wants the deal on his terms. That's how it's that's how it's been. You know, it's short term deals, fully guaranteed, fully guaranteed, controls the structure, all that type of stuff. I, I, and I get it from Kirk's side. I, I'm, not, I'm not even trying to blame Kirk. But it does come down to what the Vikings want to do. But if they do then end up deciding to trade him and someone offers him, the tough part there is if they can't get Kirk on an extension, they're not going to probably want to pay a lot of money for him or pay a high, high in capital. But at the same time, it also does factor like what kind of money the Vikings would be willing back to help appease some of that as well. So there is a little bit of it, but I think – it's the lack of team control for any team trying to trade for Kirk. There wouldn't be that there unless they were willing to give Kirk his two-year, three-year, fully guaranteed deal. But, uh, unless but it's a year, uh, one-year that price, it, it just comes down to the price. And so if uh, I just – two first-round picks, two second-round picks, like even if Kirk's situation is half as bad as Russell Wilson – I'm taking that trade, and like, oh, I feel 100%. like there's desperate team. Yeah, I mean, is there a is there a reason to look at that Russell Wilson trade and say no to an offer that's half of that's half of that? And that's the question we've just got to ask ourselves oh. as Vikings fans over the yeah. next the next two weeks. And if Quasi and Kevin go that route, wow, that's a statement on how much they believe in Kirk Cousins, in a way, they're tying their fate to Kirk Cousins if they don't decide to trade him right now. Mm-hmm. You know, now is a perfect time to do it. The Vikings have, what, eight draft picks, which is NFL average. They've only had two seasons. It was a different regime, but they've only had two seasons in the last decade where they only had eight picks in the draft. They're usually went much more aggressive and for a team that needs a lot of help on the younger side, it just seems like there's a very easy path to generating that extra draft capital. Now, I will oh, yeah. say on the other side, you know, Peyton, he hasn't tied himself to a quarterback yet, and he kept himself open for the first year. So I see both sides of the coin here, but again, it all comes down to the price and that yeah. amount of draft capital and players for a quarterback right now is undeniable. Miles, who is your ideal trade partner for Kirk Cousins? 
right now. Because Denver, well, it, it was Denver. It was Denver before Russ. Because um, <laughs> I think I just thought um, I thought they had the most draft capital and, and cap flexibility to make the move. Obviously, they had all those. They, they the the Von Miller trade really gave them two twos, or two threes, and then obviously their first. So there was wiggle room in there. I think the Vikings could have made work. Um, from there, though, I would say the next teams are probably Carolina and Pittsburgh for me. Um, I mean, I guess you might be able to throw Seattle in there now because my my one question to you, Flip, is Pete Carroll's seventy years old. He they just traded their you know their veteran uh, franchise elite quarterback away. But Pete Carroll, again, is still 70 years old. They all have all this draft capital. Like, what, what's their plan? They don't seem like the t- type of team that would want to completely run things or completely tear things down. Because I will say, like, there is still some – kind of like the Vikings, there is still some talent on that roster. Like, obviously, they have two really good wide receivers in Tyler Lock and DK Metcalf. They now traded for – and they got no offense, so you add another young tight end to that mix. Um, they're rebuilding their offensive line. They have some decent running backs. And then you look on the defensive side, they have a couple. Um, they have an edge rusher. They get Shelby Harris in the deal. They have a Bobby Wagner, who's one of the best linebackers in, in the game. They have Earl uh, – I said Earl Thomas. Uh, they have uh, – uh, how am I drawing a blank on the safety they traded two first-round picks for? Um, uh, help me out here, Flip. Who is it? Um, and you're not that old yet, Miles. <laughs> what happened? Uh, am I, am I, am I being called old? Well, your well, memory's yeah, going. I know. How am I drawing a blank on his name? Uh, now i got to look this up because it's going to bother me. It's normal. Um, but people are asking who's someone, who possibly can trade. There's a bunch of teams. Indy. Yeah, there, Steelers, there's a bunch of teams. Carolina, um, Arizona, San Francisco may if they don't. Uh, it, it's still possible once Jamal Garoppolo's gone. Um Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Um, there is, you know, a ton of places he can go if yeah. they want him. And it turns out the teams that have worked with him before generally don't want him. But there's still a lot of teams that haven't. So come on, guys. He's he's a great quarterback. Obviously puts up the stats. All your teams out there, you want this guy. He's going to bring you to a winning record. It may be yeah, nine and, but, eight, Miles, but it's going to be a winning record. Miles did ask the question, you know, what is Seattle's plan? Because Pete Carroll is old, and they, they do have a roster that feels like they're stuck in the middle. To me, it's pretty clear. You also have to like the quarterbacks in this draft to make this trade. You have to, you know, there's a reason that this is done after the combine, you know, after a few months go by. So I don't think anybody would be surprised if Seattle Holy drafts shit. a quarterback in the first or second first or second round right now. What what are we um, seeing, Miles? What's I, a lot it's a lot I of saw, I saw it in the I didn't I, I saw it in the chat, but I didn't know if it was real. The Seahawks just released Bobby Wagner. So, um, yeah. well, so maybe they are tearing, maybe they are tearing it down. <laughs> that yeah. was pretty crazy to me. I, uh, wow. Um, that's a, that's a straight yeah. release. I, too. I that wonder, is shocking. So I wonder if he asked for it and, and maybe they had been trying to shop him. I don't know, but that, that one's surprising. You think, you think he, he got big mad seeing his boy Rusko. And just ask for a release, and they just said okay. They just Could said be. okay. But they that, had yeah, cap it space. is. It's crazy. I, I I don't think this is a team that's going to roll with Drew Locke. Um, I think that they have intentions, maybe not in the first round, but the first or second round of getting a quarterback. And when you have that much draft pack capital, you can afford to spend a first round pick or a second round pick take a flyer on a quarterback, you know, nobody's going to really, really criticize you for it that much. So they have a clear path to me. To me, the more, the weirder path is Denver because again, I don't think that they are in the Super Bowl conversation right now. There was so much talk about Denver was a quarterback away last year 
how many times have Vikings fans heard that? So I'm just not buying that side of the 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 trade. And I don't know how CR is going to feel going from Seattle to Denver. It seems kind of <laughs> the same to me. But. Hey, it's the same same flight to LA either way. I don't know. <laughs> but, but Denver wants to get better because they're in the toughest division. Um, right. The, the, and I think I, I think Justin I think Justin Herbert's a fantastic quarterback, but I will say people are too quick to say that now Russ is like the third best quarterback in that division. Russ is closer to being better than than uh, than Herbert than he is to just being awful, or it's like for them to like not competing with the Chargers. It's not like they can't compete with the Chargers. That's exactly what they're going to be able to do. And now we'll see if they can compete with the likes of the Chiefs and and those things. But yeah, I I, I think to someone's point, like we're we're, we should also talk get back to the Vikings discussion here, but like there does have this overall impact across the NFL that like the Vikings the Vikings now whether the Vikings start making calls themselves or other people are calling the Vikings they're they're open for business. I and I will say I would assume Kirk Cousins is the isn't the only one available and on the table. Whether that's a relief, I don't I know they are not cutting Kirk, but like whether but in general across the roster, whether they're cutting, trading, restructuring, or, or, you know, pay cuts, like all that stuff is currently on the table. So I'm, I'm really excited to see this week what some of that looks like. We can kind of even dive into that too if you want, Flip. But, like, obviously we know the Kirk Cousins situation. Um, I personally think the Steelers – someone mentioned Indy. I think Indy would be a good fit. Like, especially if – Indy. I think if a team was – I think if a team was just willing to do – ride it out on, on a one year, see how things played out with Kirk and keep that long-term flexibility for themselves. I think that could be a good idea. And I think someone said for the Panthers that their coach is in a situation where they need to win now, or he might get fired. Kirk, Kirk can mm-hmm. provide some of that stability and in I'm a week division jobs. He can in win a week it. division. I'm not saying Kirk, I'm not, but I'm not saying Kirk saves jobs because right. he hasn't saved anybody's <laughs> job, but at the same time, I don't think he's going to be – he would be the reason Matt Rules get fired either. Like, I think – we obviously know Kirk's a good enough quarterback in, like you said, in a weak division, Dave. The Panthers could be that team where, hey, let's trade trade for a Kirk, see what a, see what a year, see what it looks like for a year, and keep our long-term flexibility at the position and cap space and just d- determine moving forward if Kirk's the guy for us long-term or not. Like, there is, there is some of that. The only yeah. tough part, too, though – with Kirk is you can't franchise tag him. I know of another team, if they were trading for a, a player on a, like if you're trading mm-hmm. for Jimmy Garoppolo, I'm not even saying he's someone you'd want to franchise tag, but the number isn't that high. So you could in, in, in relative comparison to the actual um, quarterback market, um, you, you could trade for Jimmy, let him play out the year and then franchise tag him if you wanted to. And that guarantees you two years of, of, of that quarterback with Kirk, you can't do that. So, there is a little bit of that, like let, like you don't have the teams not having control of that situation would probably be tough to want to take that on unless they were truly were willing to either extend him right away or just let him ride it out for the year. But that to me says that you're not getting the same kind of return that a team like the Broncos or the Seahawks just got from Russ or even close. Thomas asked a good yeah. question way back up there. Do we expect? A Kirk trade within the next three days. Have teams moved into that panic mode where they've got to fix stuff and they've got to fix stuff now before they lose out? Did t- all uh, the actions you know, so, today start everything on you know overdrive? You would have. Well, I think so. Yeah, I'll let Flip go. I mean, I think the market has been set. I, I think that's the way to look at it. So. You know, it's not always fair comparing these quarterbacks. Miles got into the details there, just the differences between Kirk Cousins, Russell Wilson, even a Jimmy Garoppolo, if you want to throw him in there. But the market has been set. And so teams have a fresh new example of how much a starting quarterback costs right now. That gives them confidence to make moves, whereas before they may have been, you know, questioning the decision, looking at the Carson Wentz trade and the Matt Stafford trade from last year, maybe they're like, well, things have changed. The league's different. Now they know Denver has said, this is the price for a quarterback and other teams can decide whether they want to pay that price or not. Yep. 
But I, I will add the, the one item here when we're talking about possibly trading Kirk Cousins is the combine, you know, these draft picks are important because I, like I said, for what Seattle may plan to do, how Quasi and Kevin O'Connell feel about the current quarterbacks in the draft will will affect if, whether they want to mm-hmm. keep or trade Kirk Cousins. That's going to affect his price. And so, Miles, right, you know, right. after watching the combine, my question is, does, does, does this current crop of quarterbacks make you more or less likely to trade Kirk Cousins? So here's my thing about that. I don't want I, – I think we get this idea that – so for me – I don't, I don't think you have to tie both of them together, personally. I know I'm not the one in making the decision, so I can understand from like an ownership and, and leadership standpoint of the Vikings, if we're trading Kirk, that means we're making a move at quarterback in the draft or making a other type of trade, right? Like that, that type of stuff. But in, in my opinion, I don't think they need to tie together in the fact that if you trade Kirk and you get a, decent, a good enough return to make that move, but you don't actually like an, a quarterback enough in this draft, you should still allow yourself that flexibility to wait a year and make that decision next year. Like, or I should say within the next two years, it does like, it doesn't have to be now, but it has to be within the next like two years. Um, but at the, in the meantime, you make that like bridge quarterback decision. Like, uh, I'm just, I'm just throwing out names. Please like, don't yell at me for any of the name. Like, you know, Marcus Mariota, Jameis Winston. You I'm know, we're going to yell at you season. for these names. You know, we're right. going to yell at nobody wants. Nobody wants Marcus Mariota here. But, like, so, listen, hear me out, Flip. Like, either way, you're not winning in 2022. So, the idea is if you don't identify a quarterback you like, you at least bring in a quarterback that's serviceable enough that can help you be a a middle-of-the-road team that you already are, like, right now. And it keeps you flexible for the long term of what you want to do at the position. So, our Minshew is another, like, right? Like, my whole thing is – it's about keeping long-term flexibility for yourself if you don't make the decision to dive in into the draft this year. That, that's, all, that's essentially more of what I mean. Like, if you don't find that – you find a trade partner for Cousins, but for some reason you don't like a quarterback in this draft, I think it'd be okay to, to sign a bridge quarterback for a year or two and let, let the year play out and then make an aggressive move, move next year as you rebuild the roster with the freed, cap, freed up cap space and the, the draft capital. So that, that's just more of what I mean in that, that case. I can't do it, man. I can't going, do going seven I can't and ten, do going, se- going seven and ten with Kirk or going seven and ten with Marcus Mariota. Like, why? I couldn't care less who's the quarterback if they're both, if they're both going seven and ten. But at least with Mariota, at least, give me some of the cap flexibility and give me some of the return that you get in a Kirk trade. Like, And it's something new to look at. And if – and if you go nine and eight, right? Or not even nine and eight, eight and nine, and we still don't make the playoffs, what's the difference between that, getting a rookie and going five and 11, right? We right. still don't make the playoffs, but we, we, we're growing and building to what Quase's and Kevin's vision is. That's why I say, whether they're going for the quarterback this year or going for a stopgap fill, right. um, you know, a space holder, whether it be Minshew or Mariota or whomever it is, it's still the best move to do that and get something for Kirk Cousins while he has value. Right. Yeah, I think the, the main issue is, as a Vikings fan, you got to stop being so concerned with the ceiling and whatever you think the Vikings ceiling for 2022 is in March, three years in a row, you have, the team has proven that that whatever you thought that ceiling was, is wrong. It's not this team. We always get our hopes up, say they got a some of us were predicting eight, seven, eight, nine wins for this team the last two to three years. <laughs> Yes, there was a few of you, Miles. True, true. So so I don't want to hear worries or concerns that we're going to limit our ceiling by going with a lesser quarterback because we haven't hit that ceiling anyway. So so what are we even yeah. – we're, we're, we're not going to make trades because of a delusional 
outlook on what this team is, that's just not right for me. Quasi and Kevin said have been very reasonable on how detailed and process driven they're going to be. Hopefully that comes with some self-awareness to say, hate to break it to y'all, but this team ain't going anywhere with Kirk Cousins next year. So do you want future picks for him or do you not? That's what it comes down to. That's fair. And, and my, my, my whole argument isn't like, I, I just think the focus, this, we need to stop saying we just need to free up cap space in 2022. My whole idea is creating a it's sustainability. I want to create sustainable success. And I'm sick of the the year over year having to re retool and do all that bullshit year over year because you have zero cap flexibility because you don't actually know what your long-term plan at quarterback is because you're, all you're doing is paying a quarterback on short-term deals, but those short-term deals are, are significantly high to the cap. So you can't actually plan out the next three to four years. You have to plan out the, the next one to two and, and kind of hope you hit on one of those years and have a flash in the pan. And it's just not sustainable. And no, nobody's hating on, on Mond. I, like if Mond can find a way to like the Vikings should not go into the offseason pretending like uh, Kellen Mond is anything on that roster. And if he proves himself throughout the camp and, and, and training camp and, and preseason, all the better. But you can't pretend like he is something he's not right now. I've, I've been looking at what the, uh, the 49ers have been doing when Jimmy G is out and what the Rams were doing when Jared Goff was injured. And I can't even remember the name of those quarterbacks. Well, like a Nick Mullins. I don't remember the, Nick Mullins. who was a rant. Who was a Rams quarterback? Today's episode is brought to you by cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to cars.com. It's magical. John Walford, the Rams. Man, I hate that I know these names. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you're if if Kevin O'Connell can turn Kellen Mond into a John Walford, I'm I mean I'm not going to complain about that. And we've got four picks in our in our pockets. I can't you yeah. can't tell me that's a terrible option. Um, but again, it comes down to how these how the coach and GM want to do it. The best thing about the Vikings offseason off is we have a fresh new perspective on anything. So don't yep. go back to the arguments you were using last year. They just don't apply anymore. We have no idea what's going to happen. That's what's so great about this. No, we don't. Yeah, I'm super excited. The next couple of weeks are going to be really fun. Like I, I, I want the change too, by the way, like to the roster. I'm excited to see change to this roster because I think the one thing we got to get away from that you're pointed out to flip is the roster. Like I, we can't just pretend that Mike Zimmer and Rick Spielman were the only problems to this team. The last two years, they aren't the players were also problems to what was going on. So my issue is we can't just keep the same players and expect different results. So you need to create, you need to bring in some new players that fit some of the new regime and also have just a different like mindset and different, you know, overall culture. And I think that change should be welcomed as fans. It shouldn't just be, we need to bring everybody back. And as long as Mike Zimmer and, and Rick Spielman are gone, we're good to go. No, that's just not how that works. So I'm all for, I'm, I'm just really excited to see the, like the change to the overall like culture and the roster and, and everything and kind of see where, um, Quasi and, and O'Connell envision this team, and I know they're not going to be able to do everything in 2022 to, to like create their vision. But I'm excited to see how they start how they start creating that. Oh, we and started we're learn a lot about yesterday. There was the um, the firing or the releasing. Eric Sugarman, sorry that, oh, about yes. that flip. That's right. Um, That's right. Had left. And then today we're hearing 
One of the reasons is Kevin O'Connell and Quasi want to get a new trainer in, one that they want to work with, one that hasn't been doing it for 16 years a certain way. And yep. And coming from the Rams, if you look at the Rams, they were relatively healthy. So that new whole idea of how to do things, the paradigm is shifting. And I look forward to that as a fan. I want to see somebody come in and emphasize the proper training and the getting healthy and the staying healthy and all that stuff. And not just what certain players said about um, the previous trainer, but, you know, that the whole goal is to keep the whole team healthy all the time. And I'm all for that. And be nice about it. Yeah, that's it. That, well, the best part about that is that that was not on anybody's radar at all. It just mm-hmm. shows you how how Quasi and KOC are thinking on a different level than we are even talking about this team on. So when they make these decisions, when they go down these hypotheticals, I can't say Kellen Mond has been in the cards because they may look at him and decide something completely different than we've been accustomed right. to thinking over the last 12 months. I can't say that Wyatt Davis is only a potential backup at best because they may see him and they may cut him tomorrow, or, you know, they may see him and decide that he's a day one start. It's just, this is going to be so driven. So open your mind to the realm of possibilities is, is what I'm saying. 100%. Now, yeah. Now Thomas is asking Miles. So what do you? Let's just go back to this trade. What do sure. you really think we can get? Like how many picks? Which picks? What are you thinking? Before while Miles thinks about that, I want to ask yeah. Dinesh said he about the paradise shift. We're not seeing enough movement in the front office. Dinesh will see more after the draft. They're keeping everybody in place after the draft. through the draft then expect a whole lot of changes. Yeah. Which you should, we should be okay with. I think mm-hmm. real quick on that, Dave, I think one thing as fans, we have such a uh, like open door to what teams have from like behind the scenes more than we've ever had as fans. So like uh, uh, an Eric Sugarman, we know who he is. We know who the head athletic trainer is, but like in reality, that stuff to us fans, we don't know that true impact. Like, I, if in the playing days, I could tell you how important an athletic trainer is. They're, they're, they're extremely important. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like us as fans, we don't know that stuff. And that stuff shouldn't impact how we feel about the team. So, because we just don't know enough. Like, and we'll never know enough. Like, we, all we can know is what we, what we actually hear. And we only heard stuff from, about Sugarman after the fact, right? So, um, but back to the, the Kirk trade. Um, I, I've, tried to temper my expectations because yes, of course I would love a first round pick. I think whether it's this year or next, I think, um, you know, uh, like a first in a, and I, I've always used the Matt Stafford trade, like not even I'm not too first in, um, in a third. Cause that was more of like Jared Goff getting plucked and that took a first, but more like a first and a third was my original. But then my, um, but my next, I've kind of tempered that mainly because I think, that type of um, number or a return was more expected like last year, I think, than it is this year because Kirk's on a one-year deal. If, if they had tried, tried to trade Kirk last year, I think the return would have been more because that's a two-year deal and that, that a team's trading for, which gives you that more flexibility with a player and, and contract control. And so I think when you have a, a player on, on a one-year deal and that needs that long-term extension – or a short term in Kirk's case, more than likely. I think you need to kind of temper what that return is going to look like. So for me, like a like two twos or like a second and a third is like honestly like my realistic expectation of a Kirk trade. If they were fi- to find a way to get a first round pick back, obviously you take that and run and and you say <laughs> from the that's that's a bank robbery to me because I just um, like I think and well, to that point, but look at it from yeah. the. The team, the other team's point. If they're going to rent Kirk for one year, right, the thirty-five million, and give up a first. Now we may pay part of that thirty-five million to get that first, which I'm cool with. If too, that's what it takes, yeah, right. If that's what it takes. But to give up that first to be assured, you're going to have a 
a quarterback that's capable of least getting you to 500, who is a good quarterback, and you may feel, I need that for at least this one year for whatever reason, and then I can move on after that. Is that one year of assuring you that you are going to be competitive, is that worth the first? Because if you get a rookie in the first round, that's hit or miss. Well, no, nobody's nobody's trained for Kirk and just planning to keep him on a one-year deal. You hope he keeps uh, him I, longer, but I, yes. I, I, well, yeah. that's, what, that's what you think, but we don't we don't know that exact answer, though, Flip. That's, that's also the tough part. Like, we don't know what – like, what's Kirk – this is where like Kirk is in the, in the, in the driver's seat in this situation. And I think that's the part that people are like misunderstanding is like Kirk can decide whether he wants an extension or not. And what, even if he gets traded, he can decide I'm not taking your extension offer. I'm just going to let the season play out and then hit free agency because that's him maximizing his dollar, which he can do. Yeah, but, true, but he doesn't have a true. choice if we decide to trade him and we have a willing. No, player. no, he doesn't. He doesn't. But that might impact I, I, the, the the return. Mm-hmm. Looking at just how you know that first round pick that the that the Seahawks got that was in a top Good ten job. pick, but yeah, I, yeah. I I think I, I think you can get a low first. I I know Indy doesn't have a first round pick this year um but you know like in arizona um carolina's carolina's pick is pretty high but i'm looking at the definitely looking at the bottom third or bottom half of the first round i don't think it's going to be above the vikings current pick at 12 when you say first rounder and i think that's where most people are looking but man i I would take i would i would take like a, a second a fourth and a first rounder next year for Kirk Cousins. I think that's very realistic. So Wait, we'll did you see. say a second, a fourth, and then a and then a future first? Mm-hmm. A future first. You so you said a second, a fourth, and a future first? Is that what I'm hearing? I just want to make sure I'm hearing that right. Yes. Yes, that's what you're hearing. I just don't see that happening. <laughs> <laughs> you think that's too much? I don't no no. So fourth listen, round I think pick. I I think I think Kirk's value from a like a player standpoint on the field is worth like a team trading for that. But the contract is the biggest hurdle in that whole situation. Like if I'm a team, I'm not giving up a, a second, a future first and whatever that mid pick they end up, you know, throwing in. I like if I'm a team, I'm not giving that up unless Kirk and I like Kirk and the team, the new team can decide on an extension an extension at that moment. Otherwise, why would yeah. you give that kind of capital up? And have that question mark still with Kirk. And again, that goes back to you can't even tag him. So like a team could let it ride and then tag him and say, well, well at least we got two years out of him for sure. No, they like no team's gonna pay him sixty million dollars on a franchise tag. So like that's the that's the hard part there. Is like that's where the value is so difficult, is unless Kirk is willing to sign an extension with the new team and that negotiate is negotiation is part of the trade it'd be really hard to get that kind of return back. Yeah. I, and again, I'm operating on the assumption that's the only way you, you would get someone to trade for Kirk Cousins in the first place is the, the extension is going to be announced, you know, four to 24 hours after the trade was announced. If yeah. we're seriously yeah. talking about how this would go down. Um, and so that to me, it makes that price worth it because I think it's that, or I don't think a team is would even offer anything on day or day one or day two without certainty that Kirk is open to yeah. uh, an extension. So, but, but the, I'd the trade for a third then. <laughs> That's me, <laughs> Dave. You just want you just want a third. I just want a third rounder for Kirk for Kirk Cousins. <laughs> Get that thirty-five well, the, the million Vikings, off our cap. Yeah, it's about it's about flexibility at that point, like cap flexibility at that point. But but yeah, like flip, I'm with you. Like if you can find like it, here's one thing I do wonder is like have the Vikings and Kirk's reps have that conversation of Kirk, you go start exploring a trade op opportunity for yourself, and if you can find something, work something out with the team, we have no problem with that. Like I'm just curious about if some of those conversations are happening. Because obviously we don't like mm-hmm. the Vikings aren't just doing nothing right now with Kirk. They're having 
all, like, and I, I believe crazy when he said all options are on the table. Trade, he either play, like, either plays it out, trade, um, or there's an extension. Like, I believe all three are still on the table, but obviously something needs to happen within the next week. And I guess there could, like, maybe they let things play out with his current contract, and there could be a potential trade on draft night or that stuff still could potentially be able, but if you're, if you're crazy in, in, in KOC and you're looking to reinvent this roster, you need to start making some moves now. And we haven't seen them make any restructures or releases or, or anything, anything yet. which tells you, right. Which tells you like the Kirk domino was the first one that they need to, they need to truly understand because they have until the day, the, I think it's the fifth day of the league year with Hunter. So they have a little bit of time on that. Um, to but make they've decision, got but by sure the sixteenth would... to get it under the cap. Yes, that's what I mean. So they have to. That first domino is Kirk because his is, his is like the short term fix that you need to figure out. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, uh, I, I'm not Brian, so sure that's Brian. true. <laughs> I'm not sure that's true, simply because you have to remember that. I mean, how long has Kevin O'Connell been in purple? Uh, what you know. Quasi is finishing like a, a month, his, yeah. um, his first month. So I expect them to be on the back end. I wouldn't be shocked if Jimmy Garoppolo is the next quarterback trade that we hear yeah. about. And, you know, that's probably – that, that could easily that come injury. in on, on the low end. Yeah, he that got, he got clearance on the – You're right. Well, he got he, more clarity on his situation with the surgery. Apparently everything went well with this procedure – today so you know we're going to have two examples of quarterbacks being traded that's going to help us know what Kirk Cousins is worth even more so than we do today and we can go from there they're going to be working till midnight trying to decide how to get Kirk Cousins off of our favorite football team Mm -hmm. yeah you're right yep now beyond that there are other players on the team that they could trade as well but I agree with Miles. Yeah. The first domino in this is Kirk. Uh, what are some? Of, who are some of the other ones? As well, far as trading, so yeah, that are that could be traded. I'm not saying that we're going to. I'm just saying <laughs> that could be traded. Well, get a so this is the part I want. This is the part I want people to open their minds up to. That that flip was talking about earlier. Like we need to be open minded about. In my opinion. Any aging, expensive veteran should be available. Like you should be okay with trading them for the right price. I'm not just saying for anything. At the right price, anybody that that is older, that it's expensive, they all should be available if at the right price. And so, a couple names I wanted to bring up, like Eric Kendrick's still a fit. Like I think I think Eric Kendrick should play could be fantastic in this defense. But at the same time, can they find someone to replace him in this defense? And get draft capital for him because he's thirty. You know, they might they might want a little bit different from their middle linebacker than what Kendrick fits fits into, right? Like, I we don't know some of those answers, and I'm not saying they should trade those people, but at the same time, we got to be open to the idea that a guy like him who has some value, he's a good football player, a really good football player. Um, if you can get value for some of these guys, then hey. Oh, Kendricks is one. Daniil Hunter, uh, Raymond talked about, is another that's a possible. Uh, Harrison Smith is a possible that you can get. These are people that you can get value with. I'm not saying that they're going to trade them. It's people you get value with. Right. Um, Those are three mainstays on the defense. Pierce is another one that they could trade. I don't know how much you'd get for him, but you'd get a draft choice. And then on the offensive side, you have Dalvin Cook that could possibly be traded, as Joseph just put up there. All those guys are possible if Kwesi and Kevin want to go that route. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you got to go even deeper than that. I think you literally have to look at every player who is under contract and not on a rookie contract. So... Well, yeah, they're not going to trade O'Neal. They just gave him the, the extension, but no, they I wouldn't give him the. Extension. They can't. They, they can't. They can't trade O'Neal right now. So, 
it doesn't work for cap purposes, but you look at that because you don't know if he's going to fit the the scheme. You don't, you don't know if what you got from Brian O'Neill is going to be as effective in, in a new scheme. So yeah, it's on the table. Irv Smith Jr. I don't think, you know, it would be at the bottom of the list that much, but yeah. Well, I'm telling y'all we can disagree on that. There is, (laughs) there is, there's nothing that you that you take off of the table and <laughs> Bradbury. I mean, it is Garrett Bradbury. <laughs> yeah. Value. We talk we're talking about value people. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but I most of this I think is a moot point simply because I don't think the returns on any of those guys are worth it. Sure. Honestly. Uh it, it really is. It does boil down to Kirk Cousins. Like if they trade Adam Thielen for a third round pick, nobody's going to feel great about that, even if it is a good move long term. Same with a Dalvin Cook, or you know, what could you actually get for Eric Kendricks? I, I think it's on the table, but right. you have to ask yourself what you're going to get for a safety over the age of thirty. So it, it really is just. It's not just the fact that we have expensive veterans. It's also the fact that the quarterback market, the demand for good quarterback play, is just sky high right now. And if it were true at other positions, sure, you can trade them. But right now, it's we're talking quarterbacks. Yeah. Adam Thielen. Yep. Forgot Adam. Yes, there's another one. Yeah. Uh, I saw a comment about keeping Con- Conklin. I just – I, I can't justify. It. I can't you don't justify have any pay You have no. You have so many other needs, and then you see the the tight end market as it is right now with all what like I think it was four tight ends getting franchise tag: Gesicki, Schultz, mm-hmm. um, who's the the Browns, uh, and Joku. Um, those guys all getting tagged. I, that makes it really difficult to justify bringing back a second tight end at like that ten million dollar range. Um, so I just don't. I just don't think that that should be on the table for the Vikings. They just have so many other needs. Miles, are you comfortable going into this draft with eight draft picks? No, I'm with you. Obviously, like, I mean, yeah, if they could, if they could turn some of those picks into like proven cheap players, of course I would love that. Like that, that'd be like the best, but no, I think for the long term, like, they need to rebuild it. Like uh, I'm not going to use the word rebuild. They need to reset this roster and retool this roster for the long term. And so eight picks, not having one in the fourth round, they have what three six round picks. Woo! Like that that doesn't help you. Like I mean, maybe long term from like a developmental standpoint, that's great. Like, but like you, you don't have a lot of premium picks, and so that's the tough part. Is if when you start a new when you start a reset in a, in a new regime, the hope is to start accumulating draft picks and accumulating like cap space and, and flexibility for yourself. So I'm with you. Like I would a hundred percent would love um, some more draft picks, you know, some more like a day two picks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Agreed. Well, I mean, we'll see. That's uh it's yeah. been fun talking. It, the comments are going Oh, they've been great. Oh, I gotta get I gotta yeah, get awesome. beer next time we do this to Miles. Yeah, man. Talking about beer. Lake Lake Monster, baby. <laughs> hey, tell Here us it about is. it. Uh so hey, I will say Lake so Lake Monster has new sixteen ounce cans that they're getting that they're um that they're selling. I have the rare species. I think I drank drank this uh last week as well. Um, but it's new um IPA that they have. It's really good. Um I'm not even a big IPA guy, but this one's really good. And if you haven't heard, Lake Monster and Climb in the Pocket have joined forces, and we are going to be doing a lot of things in the future to include this baby. And sorry, Flip, I had it all set up to cover you up, but since Jason still hasn't showed up, his spot. Hey, and Flip, um, I Flip will get line, rid of Flip, Kirk. Let's line out from LA, right? Do what? Hey, no promises, but <laughs> no promises, but we'll look at the tickets. 
Oh. We'll look at the tickets. Hey, that'd be dope. If y'all really want me there, we'll see. But we're okay, doing. Of course, we'd want you there. We've got our three-day draft ex- extravaganza, right? Where we're live from before the draft opening bell all the way through to the end. Tons and tons and tons of guests. Mostly all the local beat writers will join us, just like last year. But on day two, right when we've reset the board after that first round, we have locals like Miles, like Matt, like Tyler, all going to meet down at uh, Lake Monster Brewery, and they're going to do the show live from there. You can interact. There'll be giveaways. There'll be all sorts of stuff, and it's going to be lots an of beer. absolute blast. Of course, lots of beer. They don't call it a brewery <laughs> for nothing. And uh, so it should be fun. And also with yes, Lake Monster... As I cover up, flip again. If you haven't seen already, most of us have retweeted this. I need to retweet it again. Tomorrow night, during Vikings Happy Hour, people that have followed Climbing the Pocket and followed Lake Monster Brew and retweeted this post, looks like that, not the background, but it looks like that, will have a chance at a Lake Monster Brew hat I could use one, and that cool last sign to go in your man or woman cave. Hell yeah, we got right, to chug a beer, a beer every time the Vikings make a draft pick. Which oh, no. yes, only, <laughs> we only we only got two on day two. But if we trade Kirk Cousins away, maybe you that'll be know. four. So mm-hmm. so hey. <laughs> drink every time <laughs> Kirk checks down. <laughs> Mateo, if I did that, right, we wouldn't have a show. I think we wrap. Y'all got anything more to say? Hey, tomorrow night, Vikings happy hour. We have Ben Glassling joining Matt. And, oh, nice. That would be great. And it should be fun. And like I said, during the show, we're going to announce who wins that hat and that cool sign to go in your cave. So it's going to be a blast. And I'm sure Ben will know a little bit more following tomorrow of what's happened today and what may happen tomorrow. We don't know. I mean, we all woke up, thought, hey, it's going to be a boring little Tuesday. Let's, you know, chill out. And then suddenly, bam, bam, bam. Hey, real quick. Can we talk? Can we talk about how Rogers got the spotlight stolen from him? And I think that's fantastic. I love that. I love every minute of that. Yes, we can. <laughs> no, what happened with Aaron Rodgers today? What happened? What happened with Aaron Rodgers? I don't know. He, well, I don't know. He doing oh, pepper he, I don't even know. Well, who cares? First off, Rodgers, all right, gets signed to the biggest deal ever. Right? And came out and said that's not true. Well, he says <laughs> I haven't signed, and uh, what? He said the contract details weren't weren't correct or something like that. But, right. And uh, yeah. but they've been agreed to, so that's not a deal. And then yeah, yeah. right. And so he's expecting to get all the glory today on Twitter and NFL network and everything else. What happened like within two hours later? Boom, the Russell trade. Bam. Blockbuster. Suddenly Aaron Rodgers is old news. <laughs> And then he had to put up a couple more tweets. Well, I really haven't signed anything yet. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, it's just. He's high Aaron. Hey, you got you to gotta compensate for something when you play your entire career in Green Bay. Have fun with that. <laughs> That's <laughs> true. He can't, he can't even get himself to Vegas or California. Come on. Yep. So. Come on. <laughs> Well, guys, it's been a great night. I want to thank everybody that's joined us. We've had a fantastic uh, comment thread going the entire show. These guys, you guys on there have absolutely rocked it. Always, as we say, stay safe, stay sound. Enjoy great beverages, preferably if you're a beer drinker from Lake Monster Brewing. And Skull Vikings! Thanks for watching. Like, subscribe, and ring the bell. 
And if you're listening on your favorite aggregator, make sure you rate us. And always feel free to join the conversation here at Climbing the Pocket. Skull, everybody.